This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 25. It is the last day in Exodus chapter 25. We're going to finish up with with the last Bible study on the lampstand. And it's a good one as far as information, pictures, and some interesting facts about it. I want you to notice, first of all, that this is not a menorah in the way you think of a menorah as far as the candles on top. Oftentimes when we get to Christmas time, and that's when Hanukkah is going on at the same time, you'll have the Advent candles and everybody, there's churches all over that, that focus on that and go through that process and that teaching and nothing wrong with it. I'm just going to explain to you that neither the, the candle, neither the lampstand, nor really anything as far as scripture is concerned when we're relating to us and the Holy Spirit is a candle. The candle is not used a whole lot in Scripture. It's not unused in Scripture, but it's not used a whole lot in Scripture. What is used is a lamp. And you go, I don't know what you're talking about. There's a difference between a candle and a lamp. A candle is a wax. And, and for you ladies who have the candles that you can even buy in jars, it's wax with a wick that goes down into the wax and you light the wick and because of the wax and the wick and all that kind of stuff, it takes a long time to burn. And by the way, by the way, you can add scents to them and you know how those go. Those are beautiful. And, and listen, I'm not against that at all because it makes a house smell wonderful to have scented candles burning and scented candles are great and candles are great. I love a candlelight service. I love the way that that service ends and all the people looking at the light and the light being symbolic of, of Jesus Christ being a light to the world. That being said, in scripture, it's not a it's not a candle, generally speaking. It's a lamp. And there's a difference between a lamp and a candle because both of them have a wick, but a lamp has a larger wick and the fuel that that the wick uses to burn is within the lamp that you have a lamp on the outside and then you have the wick and the reservoir of oil on the inside and you light the wick and then you cover up the wick with either it looks like an upside down base or you can actually have you can actually have lamps that especially back way back in the day when we used to have we used to have trains and you can actually buy these old antique relics where the lamp is on the inside and it actually only has one little area for the light to go out and the light goes straight out so that you could carry it and the light shine out in front of you and it not mess up with your night vision and so you could use the lamp to 
as a flashlight. Really, it's a, it was a the forerunner of the modern-day flashlight where the light would shine out in front of you and it wouldn't shine like a candle where it would mess up your night vision everywhere and you wouldn't be able to see as well using that source of light in the night. And so a lamp is on the inside and uses oil. A candle is has the light on the outside and it uses a wick. Now you go, why did you go through all that? Because the Bible is specific. We're in the book of the Revelation when it's describing the seven churches. Each one has not a candlestick, but they have a lampstand. All right. And even here, this the the menorah that we think about, or this candle, this lampstand is not it's not a it's not a candlestick. It's a lampstand. And that has two main principles that you need to get in this. First of all, it now does the Holy Spirit come upon us in power? Yes, but the Holy Spirit always starts out in our hearts. And God's presence always begins in our hearts. And the lamp is a better picture of that because the light of God, the light of his life begins inside of us and then flows out of us. It does not start on top of us and flow out to the world. It is very pointed and it's very positionally put, placed right in the midst of our presence, who we are. And the lampstand is a better picture of how God's light or his life is inside of us. It is God, God has made it possible that the kingdom of God be in us and not just upon us. In the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit came upon David, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came upon him and never left him. And that word means to be on top of. It means to be on the outside. And we know that the way we have eternal life or that we have the new birth is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the resurrection is that turning point that makes it possible for God's kingdom and his presence to be inside of us. And so when you read about the Holy Spirit's work and when you read about God's plan for us in our lives, it always involves God using us as a temple, using us as uh, as a home for him to live. He is inside of us. And understanding that, when you see the uh, lamps, you understand that that's just really a better picture. It is. It's a better picture of how God operates as a lamp. And by the way, it's got a, a better fuel base. And you go, what's wrong with wick wax or what's wrong with scented candy? Nothing. There's nothing wrong with them. Nothing at all. But <clears throat> oil is a picture of the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, uh, water is a picture of the cleansing work of the Holy Spirit. Wine is a picture of the really the goodness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, oil is a picture of the resonant power of the Holy Spirit, meaning the the power of the Holy Spirit that just sits upon you. And it is a, it is, it's a palpable, it's a noticeable power. I, I've been, you, if you've been in worship services where the Holy Spirit's really fallen down, you can ju it just, it's noticeable. It's recognizable. You, and oftentimes we've had even people say about uh, our church, when you walk in the doors, you can feel the Holy Spirit's presence because the Holy Spirit shows up where God's people show up first. You got to be meeting together. And second, where they have an expectation of his movement. And so when you have both of those things happening together, when you have both of those things going on at the same time, 
when that happens, the power of the Holy Spirit falls down. And that is what oil represents. When you when somebody's anointed with oil, that's a picture of the Holy Spirit's power being upon them. And you go, what well, you've been talking about in and out and upon and inside and what does that matter? It matters also by the work of the Holy Spirit. And then and sometimes this is where the Pentecostals and the mainline denominationalists get get separated with each other. I, I really don't think it's I really don't think they should because I, I think it's really fairly simple. The Holy Spirit is inside of you and your new human spirit is birthed inside it. Easy for me to say, birthed inside of you by the Holy Spirit, and they live inside of you, and that is in you. God is in you. Now, when you begin to act in faith, when you begin to walk by faith, that faith that is inside of you comes out of you in power. And we see that in in even Jesus's life. Jesus had to have faith. He had to learn from his Father and learn his will and walk in his Father's will and not his own. We know that clearly in Scripture. Now, that does not mean that Jesus wasn't God, but when Jesus was born, he didn't know everything, so he had to learn of his Father's ways. And as he learned of his Father's ways, he had to walk in that, and that's called faith. You hear God, you believe God, you act upon it. That's called faith. Now, that doesn't diminish Jesus's, uh, that doesn't diminish Jesus's divinity. It doesn't. It just means that Jesus, as a human, because he had to be human too, he learned, and, and he was our example. He's, he's our way of knowing that it's possible for a human being to hear God, believe God, and walk in it perfectly before God. And that's what Jesus did, and that's the definition of faith. And so when you have that, Jesus did that, and so he lived 30 years of his life without doing uh, active, powerful min- ministry in the world. And we're talking about Jesus ministry. We're not just talking about your regular average Christian ministry. He probably did way more than the regular average Christian ministry when he was younger than 30 years old. He probably did a lot more than that. But we're talking about Jesus ministry, Jesus level ministry, which is God level ministry. He didn't start doing that until after he was baptized in the Jordan River. And in fact, the reason he was baptized in the Jordan River is because that is an act of faith. Okay, that is a directive given to us by God that we're to be baptized, and it is an act of faith because, remember, it's not an act of faith in the sense of trying to make God do something. It is an act of faith because he heard God, believed God, and acted upon it. That's act of faith, okay? And so when he he went to the Jordan River and and John says, I shouldn't be baptizing you, he said, you should be baptizing me. I'm not fit to untie your shoes. Why why are you here getting to it? He said, I need to do it to fulfill all righteousness. And you know, righteousness and faith aren't the same thing. Yes, they are. Yeah, they are. Our righteousness comes by faith, okay? And so if we're going to be fulfilling righteousness, we must be walking in faith. Uh, A new righteousness, a new holiness comes, and that comes by faith. And we understand that it's not by works, but by faith. And so Jesus said, I got to do it. And what what happens? When he comes out of the water, the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. Okay? That's on top of him. You go, well, why didn't he come in him? He was already in him. (laughs) The Holy Spirit's already been in Jesus in the womb. There's no there, there's no need for the Holy Spirit to come upon in him, but it came upon him so that he might do ministry. And so when we act in faith, when we when we begin to walk in faith in our lives, the Spirit of God comes goes from being holy inside of us to come 
to outside of us and pours out like a it's like a it's like a, a well of living water that 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 wells up inside of us and pours out of us onto onto the world that we live in and so that is a picture of how the holy spirit operates and so a lamp is a better picture of that power having a well of that power inside of us and then when we light that candle and we release that light which is an act of faith okay we're the light of the world when we activate that power inside of us and start walking by faith, then it comes out on top of us and we walk around in the power of God and God moving and acting on our behalf. Okay. And when you see somebody doing that, it's really neat. When you see somebody really beginning to walk in it, it is really neat. And so God said, let them make seven lamps and set them up on, on it so that the light the, and the let me read it again. Then make it seven lamps and set them up on it so that the light they light the space in front of it, meaning meaning that the light that is being created is in a lamp and it is directed. Now that's important also. God's light has direction, it has purpose, it has a meaning for it. And when we walk by faith and the light of our lives is shining. It, it God uses it directionally. He points it at things. He he shines light on things for you to see, shines light on things for others to see who are walking in darkness. Those who walk in darkness have seen a great light. And what is that? God was directionally. He's pointing it out. He's making it possible for those who are walking in darkness not to just see light and be blinded by it, but that light to, to illuminate God's work and his will and his way for them. And it says its wicks, trim, trimmers, and trays are to be of pure gold. Just like the lampstand is to be of pure gold, the lamps are to be of pure gold that are on top of it. And it says a talent of pure gold is to be used for the lampstand and all these accessories. A talent, wow. That's somewhere in the neighborhood of 75 to 100 pounds of gold. That's a lot of gold, okay? Somewhere around $3 million in value in modern day terms, okay? That is a lot of gold, okay? And so <clears throat> we're talking about a huge lamp. We're talking about a huge lamp stand and seven huge lamps on top of it and shining a lot of huge light out there. And I want you to notice that the most, probably the most gold that is used it, because the gold that is used on the other things is a gold that kind of covers the outside. It's a thin gold. This is a thick, heavy gold that is being used. The plates that would have covered up the tables and the Ark of the Covenant, although we don't know how much we don't know how much the angels would have weighed on top of the Ark. This is like a lot of gold. It is beautiful, and God is very specific. He wants a lot of gold used. He wants a huge candle used. Why? Because not candle, a huge lampstand used. Why? Because it's the way he shines his light to the world. And so the Holy Spirit is a picture of the light to the world. Now you go, you were talking about us being light, and now you're talking about the Holy Spirit being light. You're the lampstand, okay? That's the point. You're the lampstand. You're the reservoir, the oil, oil. Who is shining the light? The Holy Spirit. So you are the holder of the light. And the Holy Spirit's using you as the lampstand and the reservoir of his power in you to shine out toward the world. 
So we're the lampstand, and that's what happens. That's what we are in, in the book of the Revelation. The seven lampstands are the pictures of the seven church ages. We are the lampstand. So when you're looking at the lampstand, it's a picture of the Holy Spirit revealing Jesus, the bread of life, across the room using who? Us. It's us. We're, we're the lampstand. And we're the ones who shine the light of, of the Holy Spirit onto the Word of God and make it known to the world. You've got a big responsibility. He says, see to it that you make it according to the pattern shown you on the mountain, meaning do it the way it's supposed to be done. Uh, be who you're supposed to be. If we're going to take this picture and make it, make it New Testament and understand in it, you have a responsibility. You're a lampstand. You're a lamp. And you're on top of that lampstand. And the Holy Spirit is holding you up. And he is igniting the power of God inside of you to be at work in the world that you live in. And let me say this. That is a, a great task to be given to us. And it is a powerful opportunity that God's made available to us. And I pray that that you will relish that opportunity and that you will engage and, and indulge yourself in that opportunity because if there's anything to join into it's the work of God in the world that we live in and you are the conduit of that work and why shouldn't you be involved in that I pray that you will be expected as you go today I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.